Hi, I'm graphic novelist Jarrett J. Krasowska, and welcome to Origin Stories. Jean Luen Yang is a celebrated writer, artist, and educator whose works have left an indelible mark on the world of comics and literature. Yang has captivated audience of all ages. Through his groundbreaking graphic novels, including American-born Chinese, Boxers and Saints, and his work on iconic characters like Superman and the Green Turtle, Yang intertwines the art of storytelling with powerful messages that resonate deeply with the readers. As a MacArthur Fellowship recipient and the National Ambassador of Young People's Literature, Yang's contributions extend well beyond his compelling narratives as he passionately advocates for diversity, representation, and the transformative potential of comics in education. Gene is about to release his next graphic novel, Lunar New Year Love Story, a young adult romance. For this one, Yang Man teamed up with the uber-talented and celebrated award-winning illustrator Lei Win Pham. Now that was an incredibly smart move to get Lee Wynn on because her artwork is absolutely breathtaking and beautiful in this book. It's gorgeous, which, which is no surprise if you know Lee Wynn's work. This is the publisher's official synopsis for Lunar New Year Love Story. She was destined for heartbreak, then fate handed her love. Fel is ready to give up on love. It's led to nothing but secrets and heartbreak, and she's pretty sure she's cursed. No one in her family, for generations, has ever had any luck with love. But then, a chance encounter with a pair of cute lion dancers sparks something in Belle. Is it real love? Could this be her chance to break the family curse? Or is she destined to live with a broken heart forever? This young adult graphic novel is so good. I can't wait for you to read it for yourself. And to celebrate the release of Lunar New Year Love Story, I am rerunning an interview I conducted with Jean a few years back. This is Jean Luen Yang's origin story. Origin stories with JJK. Hey, before we get into this episode, you can support the show by checking out studiojjk.com forward slash shop, where you can purchase autographed books or commission artwork from me. You can also visit your local library and check out one of my books or a book by one of my guests. One of the things that I miss the most about the before is when you and I, uh, when our, our schedule would sort of be overlapping and uh, either you'd be coming up to an event, a space after I would or vice versa, and we would draw on one another's posters, the promotional posters. We'd give each other mustaches. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to find a, like a digital way of, of doing that. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point that, you know, we would have done multiple mustaches in multiple places in America. Yeah, and 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 different kinds of mustaches. It could have been a handlebar mustache and a Hulk Hogan. I was I was practicing, man. I was ready. So the, the first time we ever met was at, at a Comic-Con in, in San Diego, I think. But I got to tell you, when you sent in the photo of yourself as a kid, I immediately thought, man, we would have been <laughs> such good friends. Look at that. In school. Yeah, I think we bought glasses at the same store. We would have just we, we would have just sat at the school cafeteria talking that's about funny. comics and you know talking about the latest cheat codes in Nintendo Power magazine. Yeah, that's right. So, Gene, we all know that you were the national ambassador for young people's literature. You have a whole bunch of fancy stickers on all of your books. But what what I really want to know is more about who Gene was when he was a kid. What was your place like? What kind of stuff were you absorbing? Creative. I spent my whole life in the Bay Area. I uh, was born and raised. And, and even went to college and now am raising my own kids within an hour radius. I uh, was born in Fremont, which is about half an hour away from San Francisco. 
And then I spent most of my childhood in the suburbs of San Jose. Went up to Berkeley for college. And so, what did you what did what did you study in college? This is what have been interesting for me about these interviews. Not not everybody studied art. No, dude, I have an immigrant dad. He was not going to pay for an art degree. So I studied computer science when I was in college. I did like computers too. I, I had to say that it, it wasn't a hundred percent just to plead by that. I did like computers too, but I I uh, majored in computer science. I had considered doing a double major in art, but then I didn't really like the the art program at UC Berkeley. So I ended up minoring in creative writing. And I have to tell you, for for graphic novels, that minor was was super useful. Probably more so than than drawing classes. And look, you uh, have at least a few National Book Award finalist stickers, so those those writing classes paid off. Yeah, well, well, thanks, thanks. I, I do think, I mean, I had some great professors. One of my professors was uh, Gary Soto, who's this nationally renowned poet and, and writer. He didn't really like my stuff, and I think for good reason. But I do feel like I learned a ton in, in his class and in other classes as well. And so did, did you have a lot of siblings uh, growing up? Did One on the other. Did did you have comics in the house? Did you have cartoons in the house? Yeah, I, I had, so we had one brother who's younger than me. He's four years younger. He is now a doctor. So he's uh, he's a very, very successful man. And and we used to read comics together all the time. I started collecting comics when I was in fifth grade, and that was 1984. And it was because of the Superman comic that my mom bought me off of a spinner rack at my local bookstore. So that, that got me going. And then I had this best friend back then who was already like this comic book geek. He, he'd been collecting for a really, really long time. And we would go to the comic book store together. We would actually have our parents drop us off at the library. And then when they drove away, we would sneak out of the library to walk over to the comic book store and buy comics out of the quarter bin. And that's where we have to say to kids, like, you know, you don't know how, how lucky you are. Like, like when we were your age, like we we had to sneak out of the library to find comics. They, they weren't there were comics at the library. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was like nowadays, my library has a better graphic novel uh, collection than most comic book stores. You know, it's it's kind of astounding. I thank God for those librarians. Yeah, thank God for those librarians. They really changed things. I remember being a kid and having to go to, I think it was like 741.9, right? Like if there was a graphic novel in the library, it would be there. And it was, and, and most, most, the libraries it was just it was just art books there were no graphic novels at all you know and, and for us as kids who were coming up uh, in the 80s here in, in america the term graphic novel kind of had a connotation of like this isn't kitty stuff this is more mature and meant for to be for adults yeah that's right that's right yeah i i think the term has has kind of changed since then i remember mouse was always considered a graphic novel great book and i think watchmen like if, if a if a library had graphic novels those would be the two that they would have right browse and watchmen for sure. Yeah. So, so Superman, but what other kind of comics were you reading? Well, I was a big Marvel guy. I, I think everybody who was in comics at that time was buying X-Men. Okay, so you graduated with a degree in computer science, but what were your next steps from there? I uh, became a programmer for a little while. I was a software coder for maybe just two years. And all the way through, I was interested in comics. So I was starting to draw comics as an adult. So I'd done some as a kid. And then after I graduated from college, I was like, you know, if I die without publishing at least one comic book, I'm just going to die really unfortunately. At the time, you know, self-publishing was a really big deal. I think Just Smith had become this huge success in comics. And I, I went online. The, the internet was brand new at the time. And I found a few interviews. I found an interview with Jeff Smith. I think another one with Colleen Doran. A bunch of people who I really admired since I was in high school. Cartoonists. 
and they talked about self-publishing. So from those interviews, I figured out how to self-publish. And and I and Bone also connects to why we are where we are here today with comics. Scholastic Graphics in early 2005 took Bone, published it in full color, and I I remember like that was the big debut from the majors of saying we are investing in graphic novels and because of that colorization of bone like that gave us Raina Telgemeier and everything that came after that too. Jeff Smith is is revolutionary. I mean he totally changed the American comic book business. I, I, I don't even know if they give him enough credit. When Bone hit my local comic book shop, it was it was a big deal. Nobody had ever seen anything like that before, right? There's no capes, there's no tights. It's just these three funny animals. And the and and the and the story itself was both. It was both like it drew from comic strip and and comic book traditions. It was kind of a, a marriage of the two. Yes. So then what I what I'd like to know is then how how, how did you go from, from reading those Jeff Smith interviews to then publishing American Born Chinese in, in two thousand six? I, I so I was self publishing for a while. I, I did I don't know, like ninety six, ninety seven, uh, all the way through to when American Born Chinese came out. I, and I'd worked with a few other publishers as well. I have a friend named Derek Kirk Kim who's a fabulous cartoonist. He and I did a, a really short comic book series for Image Comics. I did some self-published stuff that was later picked up by another publisher called Slave Labor Graphics. So all the way through, I was doing these comics, but I was constantly losing money at it. I put yeah. on a comic and then I'd lose either a couple hundred or sometimes a couple thousand dollars. Um, did you have a day job? Like you were doing it. I did. Heck yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was a coder for a little bit and then I became a high school teacher. So I was a high school teacher for 17 years. I was a high school teacher for almost all of my comic book career. And that's kind of how I cut my teeth by hanging out with other cartoonists. That's how I learned how to cartoon. You know, there's a bunch of cartoonists in the Bay Area. And we used to get together once a week and we'd like look at each other's pages and give each other tips. We'd see the tools that we were each using, you know, and, and that's sort of how I learned to make comics. You know, and then you, you've got, you know, Scott McCloud's understanding comics. That was, that was a watershed moment for me of, of what comics could potentially be. I don't think I'd be doing comics had I not read that book. And so did, you, did your parents just pull you aside and say, Gene, like you're crazy? Like meanwhile, your, your brother's going to be a doctor and you... You just want to make comics? Yes, a little bit. I mean, they they were worried. Like my my dad would sit me down and and we would have discussions. Although he was he was I think he was a little bit sly. He was he was more sly. He was, he could he could be a little bit passive aggressive. So he would actually send me these envelopes of newspaper clippings. I was a high school teacher and I was doing comics on the side, and he would send me these newspaper clips with clippings with like one ads from Apple, and and like one ads from Google and these articles comparing the salaries and do highlight the teacher's salary and then the programmer's salary. You do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Something that I love too. So you talked about how you used to read Superman when you were a kid. And now as an adult, you have gotten to write for Superman. Yeah, that's that's another crazy thing about being a, a cartoonist. You know, these things that you're a fan of, you get to work on. So just recently, I, I have a copy here I can show you. I did a book called Superman Smashes a Clan with um, an art team out of out of Japan called Guri Hiro. They're amazing. I think they're among the best working in comics today. And that's a retelling of this old Superman story from the 1940s. So to go from reading Superman comics to, to making it, I mean, it's just, uh, it's really crazy. The, the world is lucky for your, your persistence and your hard work. Man, I appreciate you, man. You too. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for, for having this forum. This is great. Oh, thank you. We love.
Thank you for listening. Please help me get the show out to more people by rating and reviewing it on whichever device you just listened on. And please tell your friends. You may find me on all social media platforms via at Studio JJK. Until next time, this has been Jarrett J. Korzoskos.